Catholics are mad about the mysteries of our faith, but we also delight in fictional stories that sweep us away in the thrill of Catholic characters risking it all to discover the truth. Catholic attorney and homeschooling dad Anthony Kolink is back to tell us about his latest mystery for young readers, his new mystery, Murder at Penwood Manor. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik. Today we're talking with Anthony Kolink about his new mystery, Murder at Penwood Manor. Anthony Barone Kolink is the author of The Harwood Mysteries, an inspirational medieval fiction series for youth that has won over a dozen book awards. He is also the host of the radio show and podcast, The Shepherd's Pie, which applies faith-based experiences to our messy lives. He is a retired Air Force officer and he currently teaches at Ave Maria School of Law. Anthony is also a columnist for Practical Homeschooling Magazine. He is, and his family live in Jacksonville, Florida. And you can find Anthony Kolank at www.antony.com, and that's in the show notes. It's so good to have you back on the program, Tony. Lisa, thanks so much for having me back. I always enjoy coming to talk to you and, and to homeschoolers, actually. Yeah, yeah. As a homeschooling dad, you have such a heart for what we do and why we do it. And that's so much a part of your series. I'm so happy about book five and great to see Loyola Press getting behind such a great historical mystery series for our young readers. We really need that support as authors. So would you just say a little bit about the series for those who didn't hear your previous two interviews? And I have those links in the show notes. But yeah, just give us some context. Absolutely. Yes. So, and Loyola has been wonderful. This is a six book series and book five, uh, Murder at Penwood Manor is the latest. Book six, a title to be released later, um, is actually going to be out in uh, 2024 sometime, probably late in the year. And, uh, and that's going to end the series. So the series takes place in 12th century England. It actually uh, is a historical fiction series, but it has a very kind of Harry Potter vibe to it, um, which was what I was going for. I wanted it to be kind of an exciting mystery series, but also one that kind of is in a real place and time with some real history going on and uh, and some good, you know, Catholic themes uh, or Christian themes that are really running through the series. So um, book one I've talked about before, Shadow in the Dark, kind of introduces us to this world of uh, 12th century England, uh, to our main character, uh, Zan, our protagonist, who starts off as an 11-year-old boy who he gets orphaned uh, and he winds up being raised by these monks at Harwood Abbey uh, in Yorkshire, England. And there he makes friends with Lucy, uh, one of the girls who's, whose father left her there at the uh, nunnery uh, while he was traveling around. So he uh, he has this little partner in crime and they have to solve kind of the spooky mystery. And and in book one, Zan has also got amnesia and he doesn't even know who he is. So that's how he winds up getting his his new name, Zan, um, short for Alexander. And then in book two, we fast forward a little bit to the Haunted Cathedral and Zan and Lucy, who are on the cover here, um, 
actually wind up in Lincoln, England, which is a major city, about a you know two-day uh, journey from the, the Abbey. And there they wind up investigating this mystery of whether this cathedral, Lincoln Cathedral, is actually haunted by the ghost of a little girl. And uh, book two is about forgiveness, because uh, Dan has to really come to terms with forgiving the uh, the bandits who attacked his village in book one and, and killed his family. Um, and then book three, The Fire of Eden. Um, you kind of got this Gandalf-looking magician on the uh, front cover. Uh, Loyola has done great artwork on all these books. Uh, book three takes place kind of again, um, you know, with uh, Dan and Lucy, and uh, he's solving a, it's a jewel thief mystery, you know, kind of who stole this ruby on the night of uh, before the ordination of one of the monks and so zan and lucy and his other friends kind of are figuring that out i forgot to mention in book two the other main character this other girl character christina is introduced uh, she lives in lincoln and christina is actually the main uh, character in book four with zan the merchant's curse which takes place back in uh, lincoln again and there you got this kind of witchy woman on the cover and and that book, Zan and Christina, because Lucy's not in book four, uh, Zan and Christina are trying to figure out, uh, you know, is this uh, woman who has cursed uh, Zan's business partner, you know, a witch? Is this a real curse? Why is the guy dying? And then all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot more I can tell you about the series, but essentially it follows, uh, you know, Zan and his friends starting at age 11, all the way up to about age 16 um, through their teen years as they kind of solve all these spooky mysteries in uh, in historical times. And book five is the one that I know you're going to want to talk about here in a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I just want to say for those of you listening, there's a lot of controversy about the Harry Potter stories. And so understand that there's a a kind of a delightful, intriguing vibe that is coming through in these stories, but they're not anything like Harry Potter in any other way. They're so rich and so pure. They're beautifully written. They're terrific stories. I'm so just delighted to be helping our homeschool audience to find this series for your kids. It's a safe place for them spiritually and otherwise. So just please know that this is something you can get behind. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Lisa, because it's true. Um, because I write the story, so they kind of have the spooky mystery vibe to them. Um, some parents might get the impression that like, oh, it's got magic and the occult and all this stuff. It doesn't have any of that, as you mentioned. Um, but, uh, you know, but I, I'm, I'm also trying to create sort of that, uh, that mood um, so that the, uh, you know, teen readers are really going to be engrossed in the mysteries and try to figure out, well, what is actually going on here? Um, so thank you for saying that. Ah, oh, you're so welcome. I think it's important. I don't want any, do any doors closing inadvertently. Yeah, um, yeah so say, say a little bit first before we dive in. Why are you writing for teens, Tony? You know, like you pointed out, I mean, there's a lot of controversy over our books that are available for teens. And there are some of us uh, authors, Christian authors out there, really trying to write good books for Christian teens, Catholic teens, um, really any teens, um, because the, the garbage that's being released, I mean, we thought Harry Potter was controversial. Harry Potter is nothing compared to what's coming out through the mainstream presses right now. And so as a homeschooling dad, uh, my kids are grown now, my youngest just graduated college, actually. But uh, but as a homeschooling dad for all those years, when I first started writing this series, you know, that was what the thought was, was, hey, it would be great to have something of the same kind of quality and, and 
you know, pace as a, a Harry Potter series that would really grab a young reader, but also something that wasn't going to have all of the downside of some of these. And again, the, the downside is only getting more down in recent years. Um, and I'll put a quick plug in here. I know you have it in your show notes, but catholicteenbooks.com. We have about 16 authors who are writing for this age range, middle grade, you know, high school of all different kinds, histories, mystery, saint stories, um, you know, contemporary, pro-life, chastity, you name it. There are books uh, on that site, including my series, uh, The Harvard Mysteries, um, that are really meant to be good, safe reading for our teens today. So I would definitely um, want want your listeners to go there too, because there's a lot of books out there beyond My Harwood Mysteries. Wonderful. And so many of our young people love to write too. And you're one of our founding members at the Catholic Writers Guild. Tony, you've contributed so much there over the years as an attorney, as a writer. Um, and I love that these 16 writers have come together to, to create a landing place for our parents to find good teen fiction. It's just so important that we work together as a family. Yeah, now I wish I could take credit for founding the Catholic Writers Guild. I was one of the early... Uh, joiners um but honestly that the catholic writers guild which again any, anybody who wants to learn to write uh, should look into the, the twg i know that's where i met you lisa um but uh yeah i mean it's such a great place and and honestly i everything i've achieved in writing has been due to the fellowship and mentorship of my fellow christian writers there at the catholic writers guild so i'm deeply in their debt i assure you yeah, yeah. And it's a great bargain, too. It's I think it's still about $40 a year to be a member, and the benefits yeah. are incredible. Yeah, so lots of good stuff there. All right, so tell us a little bit about what inspired Book 5 and and Murder at Penwood Manor. And, and, and I'll t tell us the things that you love about it, too. All right, so, so like the other books, um, I wanted to write a murder mystery. Every book has kind of a different focus. You know, Book 1 is sort of this, um, who, you know, he, he's got to figure out his identity. Book two is this kind of ghost story. Book three is this jewel thief story. Book four is sort of a witch, you know, story. Um, and so I was like, you know, it's time for me to write a murder mystery whodunit. Um, so every book kind of has a different flavor. So I was excited about that. I really wanted, to, you know, I grew up reading Agatha Christie novels. So I really liked the idea of being able to bring in kind of this cast of suspects to try to figure out who, who actually committed the murder. Um, you know, and uh, the other thing I really like about book five is there's been this relationship building between Zan and his friends, especially Lucy and Christina. And I, I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but um, let's just say Zan as a teenage boy, you know, and two pretty teenage girls, um, you know, has sometimes uh, been kind of sweet on, on one or both of these girls. And book five finally kind of brings this to a head, you know, by now they're much older uh, than they were when they started at 11. But, you know, in the Middle Ages, kids got married when they were 12 and 13 years old. That's when they really entered adulthood to some extent. And so it wouldn't be unusual for Zan to be married at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and so uh, and so there's this kind of sweet romance in book five, which, you know, has been building sort of in the others, especially book four sort of brings it out. But um, I really like that. In fact, um, one of uh, my Catholic team book authors, I think, um, yeah, Leslie Wall, I think was the one who said she she didn't realize book five was going to have this, you know, kind of sweet romance in it. And she loves writing these romances. She's 
one of our Catholic team book authors. And, uh, and she said, love that too. So I, I love it too. I don't know. I, I'm not a, I watch a lot of romantic comedies. What can I say? Um, <laughs> but uh, the other thing about book five, which is really cool is, you know, every book has its own theme. Um, book five's theme is envy. And we just don't know enough about the vice of envy. Uh, it's often mixed up with jealousy, you know, and it's hard to distinguish the two sometimes. And and so, you know, again, every you know, book two is about forgiveness. Book three is about pride. Book four is about the vanities of this world. It's actually a uh, basically it's a case study on the book of Ecclesiastes, my favorite book in the Old Testament. And so it's all about vanity of vanities, all the things in life that are vanities to us. Um, and so book five kind of takes up the, the theme of envy and which with a murder mystery, um, envy is in fact uh, one of the you know vices that can lead people to want to kill, and that's what winds up happening in this story. So, uh, so it's exciting. Nice. Oh, I just love that you wove that in. Not only scriptural, but virtues and sins. You know that kind of up those opposing forces that show up so beautifully in your stories. Um, everybody, we are going to be right back with. Anthony Colank talking about his new mystery, Murder at Penwood Manor. We're going to hear from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, we're back with Anthony Colank talking about his new mystery, Murder at Penwood Manor. Uh, anything else that you want to tease out for us that you love about the new book? Uh, and then I want to get into your, your stories themselves and, and talk to you as a writer. Sure. Um... Let's see. You know, the, the, I'm I'm in the middle of actually I'm almost at the end of writing book six as we do this interview, uh, which is going to be out again in 2024, and we'll conclude the series. So I guess that's the kind of exciting thing. I've been building this series. There's an arc. I mean, you can read any of these books individually and and kind of figure out what's going on uh, because I put enough kind of backstory in each one so that you could read them in any order you would want. Um, but I always say, why would you? Like, start at book one, work your way up to book five, because it really, there is a progression in in the characters, you know, arc, uh, you know, each of the characters arcs and where they're headed. And what I love uh, with book five is book five brings us almost to, you know, where we need to be. Um, the third crusade, by the way, is um, about to kick off. Uh, you know, that's the crusade uh, after Jerusalem fell to Saladin, uh, you know, the great sultan in, uh, you know, in the Middle East, who uh, takes back much of the Holy Land for Islam. And then King Richard, the Lionheart, we always see him in like Robin Hood movies. Uh, you know, he's the one who goes on the Third Crusade. So I've been leading up to the Third Crusade. And so finally, at the book, at the end of book five, um, Jerusalem finally falls. And then book six is going to actually bring my characters out of England heading towards the third crusade um and and i love book six because it's allowing me to sort of bring the whole story now to kind of this you know big arc that we've been building to so uh, so yeah there are lots of cool historical events going on in the backstories of each of these books 
Yeah, and we've talked about that in previous interviews, too, about how homeschoolers can really, as they're studying this period of history, be enjoy, enjoy these incredible stories. And I want to touch into that, that these are really simply great stories. Um, too often, there's a lot of well-meaning literature out there that is very agenda-driven. It's, it's so much about accomplishing a thing or establishing a common point of view with the reader that we lose the characters and the delight of simply telling a great story. So these are very Catholic. They're full of real historical people and places, but they're so much fun. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, and share with uh, also, I hope teen listeners will be getting excited about this too. What helps you, even though you are attending to your values as a homeschool dad and, and for your readers, how, how do you just stay on track with telling a great story? Say a little bit about it. Yeah, that. I mean, I try to keep that focus and it warms my heart whenever somebody like you says that I maybe have hit, hit it, you know, uh, right. Because that's what I was going for. I was going for a, a a very good story that especially a teen or frankly, I mean, honestly, my wife teases me about that. She's like, yeah, you try to say these books are for kids from birth until they're 90. But the reality <laughs> is, you know, I get a lot of adults, parents and grandparents who wind up reading the series who love it, college students, you know, who like it. So um, even though my my target audience was teens, I wrote it so it was going to be good storytelling and it could work at a lot of different levels. You know, I mean, it, there, I think there's a lot of kind of depth to the books. Um, I, I was inspired, I would say, by J.R.R. Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings. You know, like that was my favorite um, series growing up. I still listen to it on audiobook every few years. Um, you know, and so rich. You know, what he did there was so rich and it works on so many different levels. So I was kind of aiming for that. But also, I know even The Lord of the Rings, a lot of young readers are like, well, it gets kind of boring. It's long. So I knew that, you know, with our current audience, you know, we had to write a fast paced story. Um, and you're right. You can't, I mean, there's some well-meaning and not so well-meaning agenda-driven books and movies out there. And it depends on the agenda they're driving. But we've we've all seen like those Christian movies or maybe read Christian books where it just is like too, you know, too cheesy. You know, it's too obvious what they're trying to do. And I wanted to avoid that. Um, so it is, it's a little bit of a tightrope to, uh, to make that work. But I always have to try to bring myself back to bedrock when I'm writing these and go, okay, look, yes, there's these other things that are going on, history and, you know, spiritual themes and battles or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, book five has to be a murder mystery. There has to be a murder. There has to be good suspects. There has to be danger. And I have to make that, you know, the main focus. The other things will sort of take care of themselves as the plot unfolds. Um, and that was the other reason I said it, by the way, in the 12th century is, you know, especially, you know, around monks and nuns where who, who are some of the characters in there, is you don't have to make up anything, you know, fake to be religious. That's how people lived. Um, it, you know, being, you know, having the church there and having faith as part of your life was just everyday life for people. So it's very organic. Uh, you really can't divorce it from what was going on in life. Like today, I, that's my major criticism about the mainstream stories is they want to divorce our faith as if nobody has any faith and God doesn't exist and we just don't even think about him or struggle about anything. Then that's just not real life for, you know, just about anybody I know, you know, we're all struggling. Some, some of us are struggling, you know, worse than others, but, um, 
So I wanted to bring all of that into the books, you know, real problems, real struggles, real dangers. And then the other stuff just kind of takes care of itself. Mm, I love that. It's like the characters just naturally breathe Catholic air. And so you don't have to like hit it hard. You don't have to sell it. It's right there. And that's a really neat thing for our kids to absorb too, is that there have been times in history when Christianity was a foregone conclusion that it was the bedrock of culture. And so it's something that we can reflect on, that we can have discussions about. Um, what else is kind of discussion worthy? What lessons, what kinds of insights? Tell us you know, a little more. It was really more. relevant. Yeah. I, I really wanted to. I mean, my characters, although they're medieval characters, I've also sort of updated them so that they would be extra accessible to our teens. Um, so Christine is a good example. She's actually one of my favorite characters. Um, she, I mean, she's not a feminist because it's the Middle Ages, but you know, she's as close to you know that as you're going to see in her character and how she carries herself. So she, in some ways, she's like a very modern woman. Um, and so that, that's kind of that's kind of fun to be able to you know have characters to say, look, human nature is what it is. People have had these you know same feelings that we have now, the same problems that we have now. We've always been dealing with these. It's just you know, whatever, the technology was different, you know, who our leaders were, were different, how dirty we were, because we didn't, couldn't take a bath all the time might be different. <laughs> but, um, but it's the same stuff. You read the Bible going all the way back in the first book of the Bible, it's the same stuff over and over again. So it's very accessible. And I, I've wanted it to be very accessible. Uh, I wanted the history also uh, to be relevant. For instance, I mean, like, gosh, what's going on in the world post 9-11, especially, terrorism, Islamic terrorism, Christianity clashing with, you know, Islam. This stuff has been going on from the very beginning of Islam and Christianity's, you know, meeting. And and so trying to bring that out and then also at the same time not doing it in a way that is insensitive. I mean, like our, our modern ecumenical, you know, kind of Catholic view of the world is is not as raw and judgmental as maybe it was back in the middle ages so it's like how do you present that but at the same time you know show uh sort of like this clash of cultures which again because it takes place in england i don't see that much but in book six book six is actually going to take place in an islamic city in portugal and so that's been really challenging for me to kind of you know actually have to put my characters into an islamic culture in a way that is going to be realistic but also you know, not offensive or, or any of that. So that's been, that's been fun. And, and yes, uh, schools and homeschool groups are using the books um, in their religion classes for, you know, teaching church history um, in social studies to talk about, you know, monasticism and, and feudalism in the Middle Ages and just, you know, um, the Crusades. Uh, I'm going to be giving a talk uh, to a, a Catholic school of middle schoolers on the Crusades in a few weeks. Um, so all that stuff is is there. And, and that's what as a homeschooler, frankly, um, that was all my homeschooling self that was thinking, we need to put all this kind of stuff in there so that you could read <laughs> these things and parents could be like, let's assign that as supplemental reading for our, you know, social studies curriculum. Mm. I love the idea of sensitively moving through, you know, um, male-female roles, cultural clashes, all of that, trying to find a way to show how these people would have responded at the time, but in the but 
through the lens of a sympathetic author, someone who can present people with love. And I think that's what's missing from an awful lot of agenda-driven literature is the lack of love. And so when you love your characters, whoever they are, you get the nuances of those human beings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want I want the characters to be real people. And I know a lot of, if you have teens listen, listening to this podcast, a lot of them are authors too, you know, burgeoning authors. I was, I wrote some horrendously bad stuff as a teenager, <laughs> just knockoffs of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't actually until I got to the Writers Guild that I really started, you know, learning the craft of writing fiction. But but one of the things I, I learned along the way was your characters have to be real people with real problems you know, nobody loves a perfect protagonist because none of us are perfect, right? We can't relate to those people. And so for those teens who are writing stories, you know, realize you're, you're you know, write the people that you know, write the, you know, the people that you struggle with. And frankly, you know, usually most authors find themselves in their characters. And so a lot of my flaws um, are, are in varied characters throughout the book. A lot of my philosophies of thinking, you know, um, are also sort of in the mouths of different characters, you know, and you know, we all have different sides to us. And, you know, it's okay to put that into your characters, you know, you're writing the things that you know about. So that's what I've tried to do, at least um, with this series. Yeah. And, and there's that balance too, between what you know, and the pickles you put your characters in that you then have to innovate your way out of, right? Like, that's part of the fun of the challenge of it. Yeah, that's what they say. Write your protagonist into a corner and then just figure out what they're going to do to get out of it. And uh, I can't tell you, I mean, I, I plot out all my books before I write them, but I always plot them out very loosely. And I can't tell you how many times, in fact, it's happening right now in, you know, writing book six, that, you know, as you're going through, the story develops on its own into something much better than you ever could have planned in advance. It just, as you're organically done, then you're like, hmm, I thought I was going to do it this way, but now my character's here and I see this other thing. He would do it this way, you know? And then next thing you know, you've got these subplots that are coming up and these twists and turns. Some of the best twists and turns in the series were things that just happened on the way to writing the book. <laughs> so. wow, I love that. I love that to be able to be surprised by our own imaginations and, and what the Holy Spirit inspires. And also, I just want to mention before we run out of time that you've done some webinars on YouTube, writing webinars, and we've got a link to one of them in the show notes. It's for middle grade writers. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it, it was uh, well, it was a webinar I did for Loyola Press, who's my publisher for the series and has been wonderful. Um, they had a lot of uh, curricula that go out to schools and homeschools. Um, and so they wanted me to do kind of a, a webinar on how can you incorporate Catholic fiction, not not just my books, any Catholic fiction, into a curriculum. And, and, and that way you can sort of, you know, supplement and enrich you know, the kind of boring facts of the world with some of this literature, modern literature, if you will, um, by some of our, you know, authors that are out there now. Wonderful. And we're also linking out to Loyola's curriculum companions to the Harwood Mysteries. So you do not have to reinvent the wheel. We've got some great starting points for you. Also want to show you uh, that we'll have a link to uh, Tony's podcast, Shepherd's Pie. Again, we mentioned that in the bio, but just really kind of the messiness of life and dealing with our issues as Catholics, just so much fun. Um, so uh, 
Yeah. Any final thoughts to leave our audience with, Tony, as we start to wrap up? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, as I'm winding down the Horwood Mysteries, you know, finishing book six, kind of in that melancholy way of like, oh, coming to the end of a series. Aww. And this is really my first uh, and only series that is currently out there. Uh, there actually is uh, other stuff coming out. I know um, your your listeners will be very interested in, uh, in, in knowing that there's another series, not a series, there's a standalone modern mystery that is going to be coming out in in uh, february from our sunday visitor that i'm writing for part of the eucharistic renewal and uh it's actually called penny and the stolen chalice and it basically wow. takes place at a modern catholic school and a sixth a sixth grade girl who has to figure out who stole the chalice off the altar and it allows oh. uh, and it allows kind of in the context of a mystery to sort of explore the mystery of the Eucharist uh, uh, during this time of Eucharistic renewal. So our Sunday visitor had asked me to write that and I, I you know that's something near and dear to my heart so I had a lot of fun writing that and I've got another series that's going to be starting up uh you know in 2025. So um I, I, you know the Harwood Mysteries has been my baby now for all these many years um but I'm I'm actually getting opportunities to write other things which are also a lot of fun. Wonderful. Absolutely love to hear that, Tony. So thrilled that you're out there uh, really igniting our imaginations and drawing us into really fun, rich stories. And we got to get a link from you as soon as possible to your OSV book as well coming out. We want people to check out Penny and the Stolen Chalice. That's exciting. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a law student coming in any moment <laughs> and you've squeezed us in here. So thank you so much for your generosity to our audience and to this program, Tony. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you for all you do for uh, for homeschoolers, for, for Catholic writers, and also with your uh, coaching too. I mean, you just, you're helping people and, and you're appreciated for that. So thank you. All right, editor, leave that comment in. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please pray for us. We're praying for you, too. Have a great day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you, and thank you for joining us.